Luck on Sunday. Brought to you by Whirlpool. Bet with the world. OK, we will start with this then and the varying views on whether uh, racecourses media rights should be transparent and indeed to what end that is. Um, Cornelius, what's your view on this? Well, the, the interview was classic Cruddus, wasn't it? The this is Martin Cruddus, Chief Martin Executive Cruddus, of the, the, um, the Chief Executive of, of ARC and uh, in the Racing Post. There was, uh, there was some very serious points in there, but there was, quite, there was a bit of mischief going on there as well. He, lo he loves to rock the boat a little bit, doesn't he? So uh, he, made his, uh, he made some serious points, particularly about uh, affordability checks. Uh, and then I can imagine him giving the interview and probably banging the table when he was saying, if those people want to, uh, you know, boycott, if I'm not going to be told by any owner or trainer uh, how I run my business. Um, and uh, if anybody, uh, he actually suggested it was illegal to boycott race meetings. Is is orchestrating a boycott, is that illegal or is that... I don't um, think anyone suggests... I mean, is, is anyone... No, no, but, well, he said, he said he would... Uh, he, he talked about illegal. He, I think he used that uh, word during that, that uh, if people started talking about boycotts. So there was, you know, he, he stands his ground. He is uh, somebody absolutely passionate. He's probably the, about the most dynamic person at the top of, uh, of racing at the moment. So he's got lots of interesting ideas, but he's absolutely determined on in certain areas. And he certainly at the moment uh, doesn't look very likely to uh, come up with the sort of figures that Nevin Truesdale, as you said in uh, yeah. your interview with Julian there, came up with some fairly specific figures. Yeah, I, I just want, I want to get this from a from a, a trainer's point of view, someone who is, who is successfully running a sort of medium-sized training business. Uh, how much of this percolates to you and how much do you think something like transparency of media rights is important to your business? I, mean, I think it's very div difficult for any business to, to, to divulge the ins and outs of their business. And I completely understand where the racecourses are coming from in many ways, but we, we are in an industry where we are seeing um, money coming back to owners and trainers and, and, and uh, jockeys and everybody else uh, declining. And we've got to somehow sort this out. So um, I, th I think we've just got to all work together and, and, and come up with a happy solution that um, you know everybody is able to keep working with. But it's 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 um, you know it's a tragedy that we've given away so much in the past. You know whether it was racecourse fixtures or or the you know doing away with the tote and you know we we're lagging behind from you know poor relations to France and, and, and Ireland at the moment and, and you know clearly something's got to be done otherwise we are going to you know fade away into oblivion if mm. we're not careful. Well there is no doubt that there is a, a collective will to, to transform the fortunes of British racing uh, and Julian Richmond Watson referenced there that there has been a debate set uh, for Parliament on the 26th of February, I think it is, Cornelius. Is that it is, this right. was because of the 100,000 signatures, again, that Julian was referring to. This was a, a petition that was instigated by Nevin Truesdale with a lot of cross-industry uh, support to, to get the issue of affordability checks and what was in the uh, government's white paper properly debated as regards the future of horse racing. And the, the, the petition has got to the level where, uh, by law, it has to be debated in Parliament. So uh, it shows what... Well, no, not necessarily. So this is no, the point. Because 100,000 signatures triggered the idea that it could be debated right. in Parliament, but it is not a legal requirement for it to be... So right. there was still a question of whether it would or wouldn't. Right. People were worried that Matt Hancock's debate 
yeah. of a few weeks ago had skewered it. It's, yeah, but anyway, there, but is, it is, there, so there is going success, to be yeah. this talk, which is, which is really important, and it shows what racing can do when it gets together and rows in the same direction, doesn't it? Because uh, there, was a real, there was a real effort to get people to sign this petition. People did, and people outside this bubble, we've been talking about it in, in this bubble in particular for, for so long, Probably outside the bubble, there's been oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah. This is is it, you know it's it's not really been seriously uh, considered. Mm. Now it will be seriously considered in Parliament, and not only can they talk about the effect of uh, affordability checks on on uh, betting and racing, but also on on human rights as well. Whether uh, that uh, it's completely unfair that people should be or should have their affairs examined as as much as has been suggested it should be. So it's a big day for racing. It's going to be a a really fascinating day in Parliament mm. and I think now the next part of the racing move is you've signed the petition now make certain your MP gets to yeah. uh, uh, to, the, to, to the debate. Who's your local MP Jeremy? Ian Little Granger. And have you given him a good I'm, kick I'm, up I'm, the backside and told him to. to get on with it? I'm going to. And is he a good guy? He, he's a good guy. Um, big on words. <laughs> Not so old. He's a member of Parliament. <laughs> Actions, maybe. But um, I, I mean, I think these, a lot of MPs, I mean, it, as you say, it's a very small bubble we all operate yeah. in. And I'm not sure. And this sure, is crucial for the bubble. And, and I'm not sure how much the majority of the general public have any idea of, of, of what this is going to but, have effect on racing in particular. Mm. And, and I think we've got and, to get that across yeah. in, in our, you know, our industry, how much that will affect our little business. Yeah and the number of people we employ and, and jockeys and everything else. And who's your MP, Alan? Good question. I'll come back to you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Find out and give, and give him or her what for. Fun enough, I, I, get to I wrote, I I wrote to mine this, uh, this week about something quite different. He made a cameo appearance in uh, Mr Bates versus the post office, my MPs and Adim Sahawi. Uh. Uh, and he played himself, mm. uh, played himself rather well, I thought, uh, in uh, Mr Bates versus the post office. And he'll be getting another e email tomorrow reminding him to uh, be there. But I think he's quite enjoying his... Uh, the the post office stuff that he's involved in at the moment, but he needs to think about that. It, but it, it's like all issues, isn't it? The post office, which has been high... I'm not comparing affordability checks and Mr Bates against the post office, but everyone knew about the post office situation for quite a long time and didn't think it really uh, was... You know, it didn't concern them particularly. Here's another matter. People don't think it really concerns them. You know, do, do I get involved? It is important, and uh, here's a real good opportunity to get involved. OK. Um, let's talk about the highest-profile national hunt horse in training in this era and quite a few eras as well, Constitution Hill. Uh, and the debate has raged again this week. Uh, Nicky Henderson uh, gave an interview to uh, Robbie Stelling in the Newbury Daily where he said that, did he really need to run him in the re, uh, reschedule, not reschedule, but put in a different place in the calendar, International Hurdle, which now takes place on trials day, having shown some enthusiasm for that project earlier in the season and it's the normal debate about well we've got these stars how often do we see them and David Ellsworth has gone in quite hard on this debate Jeremy and said you know in his day Desert Orchid and a lot of his other stars Barnbuck can I just read the, the quote yeah, from Elzy. Elzy. Go read the Elzy I'm quote. the biggest fan of Constitution Hill he says in the Racing Post today he's the most exciting horse we've seen for a long time but he might only run three times this season and when he does run it's exhibition stuff we don't need exhibitions we need competition well, there's two parts to that, aren't there? One is the paucity of, of opposition or lack of depth of horses who are pre prepared to take him on, Jeremy. But the other, the other part is, if he were yours, 
You've got to nurture these horses, and, and whilst any race, uh, you know, when you're as good as he is, it, it all looks seamless and easy for him, um, all these horses hang by the thinnest of threads, and I can completely understand why he would want to protect him for the very, very big days in the spring. And, you know, I, I think that for the owner and the trainer is probably forefront of their minds. I mean, we're, you know, whilst, this is where I come back to my point, of, you know, are we, you know, racing doesn't sometimes know where we are, whether we're a sport, whether we're an entertainment industry. I mean, you know, we're, is, it, is it the owner and the trainer's job to entertain the public or is it, is it their job to look after their lovely asset that, that can provide them with the really golden days in spring? which is where I think they're coming from. And have you managed to answer that question? And not to Nicky Henderson. No. I, I think that uh, this is just, this ties in with how Nicky trains his horses, and I think he's one of the greatest trainers of all time. Let the genius train how he wants to train. Simple as that. Yeah, like it's, you know... They don't normally run from... He doesn't well, normally run he, the horse, does he, in Christmas? And no, not this one. It's, it's interesting, this, because... And, and I, again, I'd lo love your insight on this, because things are... And it's interesting that David Ellsworth should have weighed in, because he was obviously... He was champion trainer when I was getting into the sport mm. when I was a nine- or ten-year-old with all those great horses, who he ran a lot. But culturally, things have shifted a bit. And I don't know whether that's to do with modern training methods or whatever it is. But when you look even at, you know, Nicky Henderson is one of the most brilliant bits of training he's ever accomplished is getting CU then to win a third champion hurdle. Mm -hmm. he, he had to run him nine days before the champion hurdle in order to make that happen. Now that would be unthinkable for any trainer, who, no matter who it is. Well, so I, what's evolved, what's changed over the decades, do you think, in the way that we condition and prepare these horses? Or is it just I, our mindset? I, I think slightly the mindset is that... that, that all road. I mean, it's, it's like Christmas. I mean, you journalists are as bad as anybody. You're like small children before Christmas. Cheltenham is Christmas. But that's because well, that's because we're excited and passionate about the sport. Would you rather we didn't yeah, care? No, I'm not at all. I, I mean, I think that's. It, I think we've created a slight monster, in, in in terms of those festivals in the spring. That that's one of the reasons why we don't um, possibly. Oh, mm. you know, I'm not lucky enough to have a horse at that level, but. Uh, um, why they are so mindful because there is this pressure to perform on those three days in the spring and you think the pressure's and, intensified which is so and do, i think do, that do makes think you pressure, more nervous do you think the pressure didn't exist when david ellsworth was training desert orchid and uh you know he's the obvious horse to jump out and all those other good ones i'm i'm sure the pressure existed but i think it has intensified in my experience it, it, you know, as, as those festivals have got more commercial, I feel that the, the, the pressure to perform at, at there and your season seems to be judged entirely about how well or not you get on at those festivals. And I, I think that must alter the mindset of you and the owner. You get on extremely well at those festivals with a handful of horses that you run. Uh, I haven't had too many winners there. As long as, yeah, <laughs> just stay out of the studio. Here, here, here's just an, a footnote to that. You know, it became more trendy over the large, after the turn of the century to run horses less often. Do trainers sometimes hide behind that fact that uh, it has become more of a trend? Well, this is what I was trying to get abso to. Absolutely, and so have they become a little bit... Well, Nicky actually said in the quote in the Newbury Weekly News, wasn't it, everyone will call me a wimp. Uh, are people yeah. being wimps? Well, are, are we selling the, shorts, the, the sport short by not... I mean, Els's comment was really we have you know we should run more in handicaps and then it makes the sport more attractive as a viewing uh, platform throughout the year um, is, is that where we are losing 
customers in terms of, of uh, betting revenue and people at the race course. And, and there's a, a nice piece on uh, the at the races website that Kevin Blake's written in, in similar vein this week, which I would urge you to go and have a look at as well, which discusses maybe how you could reshape some of the Cheltenham Festival and make it more competitive by putting more handicaps in. I'm, I'm going to get fined Is by there no my alarm? producer. Do we not have an alarm so clock on this Do we not have the alarm clock on I can, I can hear it, but oh, right. for some extraordinary reason, nobody else can. Uh, Keelan Woods, Keelan Woods um, has uh, got the wrong end of a ban, uh, a totting up ban for um, uh, whip use, and he got referred under the new system, and he's ended up with, I'm on, is it 40? Five, Five days, is it? Anyway, this is his statement. By the time I reach the end of the suspension, I'll have missed around a third of the year. Uh, I've got no one to blame but myself. I'm going to spend this time off getting to the bottom of why I seem to have a mental block when it comes to this issue, making sure that whatever the issue is, I get it fixed. Right, Alan, um, this, is, this is for you, really. Is he right to, um, for want of a better phrase, be so self-flagellating, or is, is there a, a wider issue that, that, that absolves him somewhat of, of his responsibility? I, I don't know, what was the word, self-flagellating? Yes, beating yeah, himself I've up. I've never heard that one before, but I think he's right to be so self-flagellating. <laughs> um, no, I think, I think he's, he's broken the rules numerous times, and um, I, think it's, I think it's a positive thing he's come out and made a statement and taken the blame. And ultimately, the rules are there in black and white, whether you agree with them or disagree with them, and um, we've got to adhere to them. And I think he's, um, yeah, I think coming out and saying something like that might sort of almost register in his mind and he, I was reading some of the different things he's trying to do to change his approach and he said he's got a mental a mental block on it at, at the end of a race and I think he's got to you know work out a way set rules in his own head I know I've never counted once in a race how many times I've I've used my whip but I've usually got a little system that works for me what's your system well I, I know if I'm if I'm leaving the if I use a, the whip before I leave the back straight I've got to really think about using it again mm. and then it's use it once, use it twice, put it down, use it once, use it twice, put it down. And if you're doing that from four out, you've got to be considerate. And, you know, the longer you can go without using it, the better. It's just these little little things. And um, I think he's got to work out a system for himself. All right, on we go. We've saved six seconds. And we're going to talk about oh, Sunday. That was good, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was good. You are good. You are good. Have you done just a minute? Sunday evenings. Are Sunday evenings all right for riding? Um, look, I think it's... Yeah, I think the flat it, it impacts the flat racing probably a bit more. Um, no floodlit jumping on a Sunday night. Um, no, I don't think so. Maybe in in the summer summer racing, but I think it's probably just Sunday evenings are fine if you're not racing 340 days a year anyway, sort of thing, or 320 years a day days a year, whatever these top flat jockeys are and a lot of the top jump boys. Yeah, it's tricky. I think from a from a jockey's point of view, you could just you know, there's the argument that you can turn down rides, you can stay at home, but the um, the culture, the way we act, it just doesn't tie in with that, and we basically got to go with his rides, really. So, I think we are the employees of the sport, and you know, seen by the, the sort of the hierarchies, and they're sort of uh, subcontracted us out more and more to, to, to for these media rights and all the rest of it. So, from racing's point of view, it's um, they're trying to get more money in. I think it's to the negative. This is to the detriment of, of jockeys, trainers, and, and stable staff, and you go on so much about mental health, and it's 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 not helping on that front. I'd say I, I, they want us to start racing at nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, yeah. and they want us to race at nine o'clock at night on a Sunday. Um, I 
you know, from a trainer point of view, it's probably less impactful. I think from the staff, I think you look at those, you look at the traveling head, head lad, lass, you know, they, they can be leaving to go racing on the, uh, on the Saturday morning and they can be leaving at two o'clock in the morning in mm. order to be racing at nine, ten o'clock. Well, from your place, you need to leave on about Thursday. <laughs> well, possibly. And then <laughs> it's about an hour to get to the nearest day road. Racing on the Sunday, they're getting home from their racing on at ten o'clock or whatever it is on a Sunday, Sunday um, night, and they're getting back at three o'clock in the morning. And then we expect them to work the next day. Uh, having said that, though, the the um, so sorry, I'm 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 eating into it again. I'll, I'll be very quick. But uh, but uh, certainly there was some very articulate. Uh, opposing um, quotes from Rav Havlin and from Callum Shepherd, but there were quite a lot, and they didn't get mm. quite the same coverage. There were yeah. quite a lot of uh, of people who were saying, actually, uh, particularly amongst stable staff, it was good money and it was worth doing. And although there are uh, stable staff who are married and have families who aren't that keen, there are others who are rather keener than that. So I don't think it's, don't it's it. quite as black and white as uh, as some people suggest. The, the only thing I'd I say is it. the Sunday racing supplement didn't last very long. When we were originally, we were being paid more to have a yeah. runner on us, mm. and that is so. There's no all this money. It's fine if it's not going to last. If the money's yeah. there, well then yeah. we'll fine. do it. But. On on we move. Uh, Denise Coates has been. How much has she been? Has she paid herself this year? Two seventy is Boss it? about three six five. Is it Just the two two hundred seventy million. Yeah, million. Okay. So, here, so here's <laughs> what I'd ask you: uh, Is this is this a a good look? Uh, indeed, some people would would question it's it's ethics full stop, but is it a good look to pay yourself that kind of salary, particularly at a time when the betting industry is under such intense scrutiny? Well, she, she, she has earned the money, hasn't she? Um, the, the, the company is an expanding company. It's actually lost money in the, in the States, didn't make quite the same money. Um, you know, I suppose there are going to be some people turning around and saying this is one of the most controversial. I'm about to cough. Hold on a second. <coughs> this is one. Of, Sorry, that, that wasn't a, the was controversial. That an expression but, of your disapproval <laughs> of Denise Coates' no, no, salary? Absolutely. Or? My, my, uh, expression my envy. Uh, but uh, no, the, the fact is the company is a very successful company. Employs a lot of people. A lot of people uh, uh, rely on it for their livelihoods. She is paying. For, well, she'd be paying more than 40% tax, won't they? So how much of that is going into the exchequer? She's not overseas. She's not trying to... Well, she, I think it. she is the single biggest tax you, you taxpayer. Yeah. And she isn't overseas. Mm -hmm. She's not living in some tax haven somewhere. She's employing a lot of people in, the, in the, that part of the country, Staffordshire area, Stoke-on-Trent area. So, you know, I suppose on the one hand you could say it's not great optics, on the other hand you could say, well, you know, here's a company earning a lot of money and she's paying a lot of tax and employing a lot of people who can pay their own tax. What would you do if you had access to that sort of a salary? Uh, I would keep training horses until it was all gone. <laughs> <laughs> Which is about the best answer we've ever had on this show. Did that last you five years or ten years? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go large at the sales anyway. Might, might, might last you a couple of years. Right. Um, Ballymore are no longer going to be sponsoring the what's officially registered as the Bearing Bingham Novices Hurdle, though nobody ever calls it that, the two and a half mile race at the Cheltenham Festival. They did sponsor it, then it became the Neptune, then it became the Ballymore again. And um, I talked about this earlier in the week on my podcast. And I've had some conversations with the jockey club subsequent to that, and they are very keen to stress that of the six races at the festival that are, do not have a sponsor listed beside them, three of them are intentionally never sponsored and never put Martin up. Martin Pipe would be one, would it? Yeah, and the National Hunt Chase is another yeah. one. Um, 
and there will be an announcement about what is going to happen with this novices hurdle forthcoming but the details were a bit opaque. I suppose it's a situation where a sponsor which is involved with uh, racing's biggest mm. event has decided that um, after a period of time and mm. a great support they're not going to do it and anymore. I suppose the added level of significance is that the sponsor is uh, is owned by someone who is absolutely steeped in the sport mm. and has a ton of horses in training but but then equally i suppose the business is is quite broad they've got various commitments and um in emphasis has to move from one thing to another um and i, I think cheltenham has got a quite a record of not necessarily here we are on what january the 14th mm. uh it's still a couple of months to go until even though we've been talking about it since the um mm. Probably the media have been talking about it since the Saturday afterwards of last year. There's still, in terms of getting sponsors in, etc., there's plenty of time to, to get people involved. So I, I don't think we're, we're quite in sort of uh, intensive care sort of uh, stage at the moment, are we? But it is worth recording that Ballymore, a big and supportive company of horse racing, has decided to, to stop that support. Having said that, they could be back in the future. Yeah, and uh, we reported last week that Betfred had extended their support of the Oaks and Derby Festival at Epsom. And on to a subject that I know was exercising you, and I did speak with the Jockey Club CEO mm. earlier in this week about uh, the, the, the value, value of the, of the veterans, veterans chase, the rerouted veterans chase mm. at Warwick, which had, had dipped by 25%. Yeah, from 100,000 pot to 75,000. Mm. Now, I know there are reasons for this, and they are to do with things like... Well, things like sponsorship. And income on the, on the actual day. And most uh, of these so meetings aren't insured, so no. you lose a ton of money when However, you have an abandoned I, fixture. I, I just feel there is an, a possible argument that the veterans, trace, uh, veterans final should be made an exception, because this is a sort of Grand National or a sort of Gold Cup for a certain type of horse. There are, uh, it, was, it was started amongst, uh, you know, with a great deal of... Um, of trumpeting a few years ago there were going to be all these qualifiers and then a hundred thousand pound final and I, I, I think that they could have worked out a way of making it a hundred thousand pound final once again in this particular case because other races that are abandoned um, uh, and a uh, moved there are then alternatives to, um, to, to, to be pursued but this is an absolute target horses like the uh, well particular I write was one in particular had been aimed at this for quite some time and but where do you find the money from well there are there are reserves you can't, there are you can't just put, pull your put your well, hand I, down I, and I, say well there there's, definitely, a, there's 25 well, grand we don't uh, have uh, uh, is it a, is it actually a jockey club thing or is it a British horse racing authority it's 25 grand well there's a there's a there's uh, five I, I different reasons why you can't you know you've got to ha you've got to have the the levy board have got to to, to give the contribution for a rescheduled race. You've got to get the sponsor to match the contribution that they were going to have originally at Sandown Park. Um, you've, not, you've not got the money because you probably haven't insured the fixture because no underwriters are, uh, will insure January fixtures. I'm, I'm now, anyway. I mean, it's, it is hard. But I think there are exceptions to be made, and although 25 grand doesn't necessarily hide down at the back of the sofa, fact is it's not a fortune, and this is a big and popular and successful series, and making it another £100,000 race would have I, been a good thing to have done. I think you should write to Denise Coates. Do you think get, 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 <laughs> get change? Get to, to personally guarantee no, think, the money for the I, veterans. I, because change. this series has been a remarkable success, uh, and uh, even though it was batting number two behind the um, long distance chase and mm. um, the classic chase, that do you want a veterans final at the Cheltenham Festival? No, that would be a disaster. There we go. Right, <laughs> and those were this week's talking points. Luck on Sunday. Brought to you by Whirlpool. Bet with the world.